Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Terry Harbert. I'm uh, President and CEO of Talisker Resources, and uh, we're a gold explorer in uh, southern British Columbia in Canada. And uh, we've just put out our maiden resource on the Braylon Gold Project. Terry, nice to see you again. Um, I hope you're well. By the looks of things, you're in a hotel room. Are you on the road marketing? Yes, Merlin. I'm uh, over here for the VRIC conference in Vancouver. Uh, happy to say it's been very well attended. A lot more interest coming back into the gold space. So really good to see that. Oh, well, there couldn't be any less. My goodness, last year was a real shambles, wasn't it? it was, you could just hear the, the sound of the bathwater draining out of the sector and, and with it went all hope and, um, and, and joy. And, but at least now the, 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 the momentum's back, it feels. Yes, it, uh, it seems to. You know, I think we've, we've seen a, a good, strong move upwards in the gold price over the last uh, month or so. Um, certainly, I think post-COVID, uh, a lot of the conferences and marketing have stabilized on their traditional positions. Uh, I think both VRIC and, and also uh, PDAC had moved to a, a summer, summer show. And I think most of us like PDAC in summer. Uh, it, was, it was probably a good spot. We enjoyed drinking out on patios and, and, and discussing mining. Uh, but now it's all come back to a, a bit more reality. And we, uh, hopefully we've got this traditional um, influx of, of capital into, into the mining industry in the first quarter, uh, usually how it's been over, over the last number of years. Um, so be really good to see this gold price consolidating there above 1900 and hopefully moving above 2000. Uh, hopefully, hopefully that'll come. Um, I'm certainly a great believer in the fundamentals. Um, <clears throat> one thing though that we have seen is that the, a lot of the gold stocks have actually, I mean, they, they were hammered last year, particularly the junior sector was, I mean, they were between 70 and 90% down. I mean, it was absolutely brutal. Um, and we have seen this, this bounce. Um, many in the junior sector have come off uh, very deep lows and, uh, and have recovered. Um, not the case of Talisker. You've you put out your news release uh, a few days ago and you haven't had the response that perhaps you might have wanted on a, on kind of a pretty healthy looking resource figures. Yes, look, it's um, everyone went through the same sort of pain last year. Uh, I guess we, we were uh, late with our resource from from uh, when we planned for it to come out. So we had probably had some investor fatigue. Uh, we, we had some institutional selling prior to our resource came out that that really capitalized on the resource coming out for their for their exit. Um, I guess what we're what we're very confident in is the quality of the resource that now builds the the base of our company. There's uh, you know nearly 1.7 million ounces um, at a at a good grade. We're we're well above six grams for the inferred, um, nearly nine grams for the indicated. So it's a very strong resource and a very good base for the company to to be able to build on. And you drilled uh, a huge amount of, I mean, for, for in, in my mind, it was a kind of a significant amount for a junior company to drill last year. It was uh, north of 100, was it 150,000 meters or something you drilled uh, during the course of last year? Is that about right? Yes, yes. Just shy of 150,000 meters. Um, in, in, and we've we've drilled that sort of over the last two years. So it was quite a challenging uh, challenging market to raise capital and drill drill that many meters uh, for, but we're you know certainly glad that we we got it done. Uh, was challenges that we'd faced with um, uh, lab turnarounds uh, as well. You know, there's uh, so many delays that that really come into punching a resource out. Uh, so we're very happy and very relieved to get our resource out the other end with the uh, with the results that we got.
And were the two, uh, you said 150,000 two years consecutive, or was that 150,000 over two years? Uh, no, over two years. So 150,000 metres in total was uh, was what we drilled. You know, we had up to uh, up to nine rigs uh, the first half of last year. Amazing. Um, and um, did, when did the rigs stop? I mean, how, have you got uh, more drilling to come that wasn't incorporated in the resource? And where, was that? Um, so that's the first question. Have, have you got more results to come that haven't been incorporated in the resource? Um, so our, our our plan was to drill uh, a little bit more. We, we had a range out to market um of of one and a half to two million ounces which was our in situ target range um we we would like to do about another 15 or eighteen thousand meters of drilling and really hit the top end of that range so we wanted to get two two million ounces or or slightly beyond two million ounces was our target unfortunately with market conditions uh the available capital just wasn't there um, so in the end, you know, we, 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 we drilled the maximum that, that we could with the available capital and, and hit right in the middle of that range. Um, we, we, we had a rig that was out, um, uh, keeping our geologists busy, uh, and we'd, we'd raise some flow through, uh, for, for that drilling, but it was post the cutoff of the resource. So, uh, that will go into our, our conversion of potential or our expiration targets. Um, coming up, coming up this year, we've got uh, between about four to seven hundred thousand um, worth worth of uh, expiration targets that um, have drill holes in them, have sampling in them, but just weren't of the drill spacing to to convert that into inferred. So that's something that we'll look to do this year. Uh, bring that bring that chunk into uh, into inferred resource and. Um, start to convert some of the inferred into indicated. Okay, gotcha. Um, and and what's your cash position at the moment? How, how are you doing for, you know, after your flow through, most recent flow through, um, what's, what's the balance look like, the, the treasury? Uh, we've got around the three and a half million dollar mark in treasury at present. That, that should take you through kind of six months of, kind of uh, this, this infill work? Is that about right? Yes, yes. When we uh, when we start drilling again at site, we we haven't kicked off drilling yet. Uh, we're we're just waiting for the resource to finalise down. We're drilling, planning our drill plan. Uh, we're looking at particularly the conversion drilling, some of that, uh, tacking that from underground. Uh, it's a lot uh, a lot less expensive drilling from underground. Uh, a lot less drilling that we need to do because we can get right in close to the veins. Uh, so we're looking at a, a much smaller program, but uh, a much, much better conversion rate. And so that underground drilling, it can be take place from the existing infrastructure from the old mine, which closed in the in the late 70s. Yes, well, it's actually from one of the areas uh, where Avino Silver and Gold Mines uh, had production from 2009 to 2016. So it's quite quite modern infrastructure. Uh, it's a drive-in, a decline from surface. Um, so it's where, where where they were producing there. So it's uh, uh, where we have the the majority of the indicated resource that we we put out last week. So we're looking at extending that indicated, um, converting both um, inferred and potential. That's basically a long strike and down dip from there. So very very well constrained. Now the when I whenever I see a uh, kind of steeply dipping vein deposit now. Uh, with pure gold fresh in my mind, um, I, I I want to 
I, I get the fear. Oh my goodness, what could happen? Could this be another pure gold? Because when I um, uh, when you when you look at what happened at pure gold, it was a um, it was a mismatch between the ground conditions and the um, they had overbreak, so they had dilution, and their operating costs were too low in terms of their uh, estimates for their cutoff grade. Um, and their their feasibility study estimates were above two hundred uh, twenty. I think of two hundred twenty three dollars per ounce were the were the input for the cutoff grade. It was done at a gold price of twelve fifty, but um, the 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 operating costs were quite high. And when I looked through your um, resource, I noticed that the cutoff grades were I mean for, for one area two point six grams per ton underground, and the the Operating costs, depending on whether it's long hull open stoping or cut and fill, were below two hundred dollars uh, a ton. I just, I just wondered whether you'd uh, had that pure gold comparison or conversation internally with 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 the guys putting the resource together. Sure. Look, there, there are some very distinct differences between uh, what, what we have for a resource at at uh, at Braylon and and the situation uh, that occurred at at, at pure gold. Um, you know, we're 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 a long a long way at this stage from a feasibility. Uh, you know, the majority of our resource is is inferred, so it's 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 very early stages to be able to putting uh, e economic constraints and also mining constraints on on the project. Um, one one key difference, um, but between how we have things and, and pure gold, a lot of pure golds um, resource stopes were were isolated, so there was a lot of development to be done to be able to find where these pockets of ore were. Um, so it's, it was a lot of what, what we call remnant stoping. So areas that have been mined previously that, that had a material left behind. So a, a lot of development was required to make it into those areas uh, to be able to access them. Whereas in ours, um, I think about 10% of our resource is what we call remnant stoping. About 20% of our resource was a long strike from remnant stoping. So we, we do a buffer of five meters around the historic stopes and a long strike. The key thing is about 70% of our resource, Merlin, was, was basically brand new ore deposit. It was sat in the ownership gaps between the historic mines. Um, so that there basically is no stoping in those areas. So it's as if we've discovered and developed a brand new mine that sat in, in historic ownership gaps between the, the, the other projects. Um, so that that's really the main uh, the main differences between between uh, a pure gold scenario, which is a lot of remnant stopes and a lot of development. Uh, development doesn't pay unless you're developing long hole. Uh, long hole's great when you're on a vein, um, but but when when you've when you've got to go off vein, it, it can be, be, become very expensive. Um, the recommendations for our our, our, our mining wits for our cutoff grades uh, all came from the external QP based on their knowledge. And it's all under the uh, CIM's um, R, REEE, which is reasonable prospects of uh, eventual economic extraction. Um, so I, I don't really think these are, are fixed economics that we look at. Uh, they're, they're probably going to change over time, but it just has to provide an inferred, um, inferred category uh, something that that they see as as reasonable. Um, so it's something that as we move forward and and develop the project into uh, into indicated that we'll 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 revise. 
certainly what we see is when we convert uh, from inferred to indicated, we see a significant increase in the grade. So we see our grade go from six, six and a half up to nine or 10 grams. Um, I guess one of the other big differences that we have as well at Braylawn is how the dilution's managed. We have uh, significant fracture zones or halos around each of the veins that can carry up to nine grams per tonne. And we see these anywhere from a couple of metres in width up to, up to 40 metres down at Pioneer. So what, what the key difference there is, is when we're diluting our rock for mining widths, we're actually diluting it with material that holds grade in it. Uh, and our average uh, was one and a half grams per tonne in that wall rock. So that's a very significant contribution to the mineability. When, we, when we're diluting the narrow veins, we're diluting it with, on average, a gram and a half. So that's a, a, a big significant difference. Thank you. That's really, really useful because I, I think in one of your earlier uh, interviews, you mentioned uh, an average vein thickness of 1.6 meters. Um, and uh, I, I don't know, what, what's, do, do you have a, are you using mechanized equipment? Are you taking a, um, are you planning on a mining width of two or 2.2 meters? Is it, 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 are, you, are you aware, of, uh, uh, do, do, you, do you have a kind of a, a, a planned mine width for your resource? Um, so all as we have at the moment is, is, uh, something that can constrain the resource. So, uh, with, with, uh, CIM, we nowadays have to put, put mining widths around our inferred resource. Um, you know, it seems, it seems very early to be, to be doing that with inferred resource at underground, but it's, it's very similar to, to, uh, open pit where they do a, a whittle shell that provides some economic basis to constrain the resource. Uh, otherwise, people can have a little bit of resource here, a little bit of resource there, and it might might never fall into a into a mine. Um, so it's an, it's an optimization. You do it, 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 the process is stope optimization, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, we did stope optimization. Uh, you aren't required by CIM to do stope optimization. You've just got to you've just got to prepare some mining shapes. Um, my view was, you know, we, we've got a very good project. We'd like to. Um, show mineability, and, and we'd rather take a haircut on 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 grade and on on ounces and tons at the beginning. Uh, usually, what used to happen in the old days, someone would do an inferred resource, and when they'd drill that to indicated spacing and put mining shapes around it, the grade would get cut in half, and and they'd they'd, they'd, they'd lose a lot of ounces. So, in our case, we we don't really expect that to change much. Uh, we actually expect the grade to increase. Um, and any of your viewers who've, who've seen the press release, you see that it, it goes up with with increased drill spacing, um, and you know it's 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 much better to have that um, understanding of the deposit at an early stage. So it's probably a bit uh, a bit too detailed the work doing stope optimization, but when you've got a large number of veins and quite a large resource, uh, I think it's a better way to go. It's a it's an automated process uh, with the Deswick software. Uh, so it speeds up our ability to put these mining shapes uh, because to actually do it by hand, I think it'd be a, 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 a very long and arduous process. <laughs> and room for human error, getting, <laughs> getting, getting everything done. Um, so, so what you're effectively saying is that by putting on some degree of mining constraints on your resource, that you're, you're already kind of thinking of a mineable... 
I have to be so careful. One has to be so careful because it's only an inferred resource. But you've already applied a dilution factor to that resource. Yeah, so we've actually applied uh, uh, two dilution factors. Uh, one, one relative to a minimum thickness of the veins, which we, 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 when we model the veins, we, we have a core of the vein and then we incorporate um, dilution material outside of that to a, a 1.2 um, meter minimum. And then outside of that, we do the external dilution, which is looking at, okay, what's, what's the mining stope going to look like? So the mining straight's constrained by um, you know, engineering, uh, engineering design. Um, so it, it, it incorporates uh, wall rock and might, might cut out areas of the vein because it's, it's, it's defined in, in, in uh, rectilinear engineering shapes as opposed to the geological constraints, which is actually of the ore body. So really, when you see our grades, they've been, been diluted twice to, to arrive at this, at, at this position. And um, when you say that the, you've got the kind of the vein core, let's say it's one or two metres, when you say kind of plus 1.2 metres, is, is that 60 centimetres either side or is it 1.2 metres either side? Uh, in, in this case, it'll be 60 centimetres either side. Well, it, uh, it depends on the, on the orientation of the vein relative to the, uh, to the mining unit. You know, it might be in the middle, might be on one side, might be, might be on the other. Uh, if, if we're lucky, it'll actually be the, uh, you know, the whole vein. Uh, and, you know, we, we always talk about minimum, but, you know, these veins are up to four and a half metres wide. So, um, you know, the, the, the stopes enlarge out to, to, to be relative to the, the, the maximal vein width. Was there any long hull open stoping in their historic mining that took place in the 70s? Or was that not a technique that was used at that time? No, no, not really. It was all, all pretty well hand mining, uh, a lot of shrink stopage, uh, a lot of cut and fill. Uh, there was some long hull mining conducted by Avino in the, in the, uh, in the 2000s, so 2009 to 2016. Uh, but really all that historic mining was, was, was very selective. And, you know, I think that that's why we see that very high uh, original grade, nearly 18 grams per tonne. Um, so our, our expectation is that, you know, we, we, we're going to dilute that uh, 40 or 50 percent and end up with the grades that we see, which is sort of eight, nine grams per tonne. Uh, and, and that's the grade that we expect going forward. Um, you know, I think it'd be... Uh, it'd be very strange to have a, a four million ounce mine deposit at 18 grams um, and, and, and not have that reflected in, in what we're drilling out. They're exactly the same veins. Um, many of them we're mining along strike in areas where they didn't mine. Um, so really that's what we expect. The average um, in situ grades to be, to be close to that historic. And we, you know, we, certainly, we certainly saw that in uh, our indicated uh, resource in situ when it comes out was about 17 grams. So very similar to those historic ones. And then we dilute that uh, with modern mining techniques with, with um, uh, long hull stoke design. And, and we see it come back down to, to, to 10 grams. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and can you explain the, to me the, um, how the indicated resources uh, is, is giving you higher grades than the inferred? And just maybe talk a little bit about the... Um, the the cut 
the high grade, the cut applied to um to high grades. I mean, you've got a whole range of different cuts from up from as high as four hundred down to thirty one grams per ton. Um, but how that feeds into the uh your statistical confidence in in applying or or arriving at a higher grade for the uh closer spaced drill holes of an indicated resource yes yeah, so it all it all really comes down to the the distribution of gold and 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 the nugget effect um so the <laughs> the nugget effect is is almost like a clumping of gold how how gold forms and and when we're drilling with with inch uh inch or so wide drill holes um we 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 may hit high grade pockets or we may not hit high grade pockets so there's a a significant uh, distribution range of of the gold and basically the, the more holes you drill the more likely you are to hit an an average so our, our population statistics um be, become um a much more robust the more drilling we have so there's a factor of four increase in drill hole spacing um with um in with indicated um so we we get a more realistic approach of what that um what that average grade should be and particularly with our indicator that we've put out here we had a lot of underground sampling um so sampling across the back uh in underground workings um so it, it really tracks a lot closer to what the average grade um re really should be there um our our capping that we see at Braylon um you know we we like to do capping in individual projects or in individual sections of the mine, just in case there's some variability there. So we don't um, have overweighting on one deposit. Most of our resource came from uh, the Braylawn area, about a million ounces. Um, so it, 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 would, it would weight very heavily on the cutoffs of the, of the other grades. And there might be some difference in orientation or in mineralization in veins in different areas of the deposit. Um, in, in, in general, we don't have a, a great deal of very high grade um, uh, ore. Uh, Braylawn's a very consistent deposit and very typical of a lot of these mother load styles or crack and seal style of mineralization. Um, it, it's, it's very consistent. So most of our population uh, sits very robustly uh, under 100 grams per ton. Um, so it's a, a, a lot of a lot of consistent high-grade samples as opposed to a lot of extreme outliers. Um, and perhaps that's one of the reasons, Merlin, why, why Braylon was mined for 40 years because it had very good vein continuity, very robust average grades and, and, and very good down-pludge continuity, which, you know, we, we, can, we can easily show with historic sampling that was beyond a kilometre. Um, so I think those are... Uh, are really key factors in the in the geostatistical analysis of the of the project. Thank you. That's that's really really clearly explained and incredibly helpful. Um, and just to summarise it even further, you've, you for the inferred category because you're applying these conservative approach, you haven't got the statistical coverage to be able to say it's not six grams a ton or six and a half grams a ton. Uh, oh, sorry, it, uh, we, we can't call it ten, nine and a half to 10 grams a ton. Therefore, we're going to apply these cuts and we're going to just for now until we've got the, the, the distribution, a better data set, we're going to call it the more conservative grade of six, six and a half grams a ton. Yes, if you have have too many water cord outliers or or uh, extreme values, then it can then it can drag your population statistics to the right, and it can increase your average 
based on just a couple of samples. Um, so really, it's much best in, 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 in robust statistics to, to base it on a large number of samples and actually cut out those, those very high values. Um, you know, very high values are very flashy in the market when we put out press releases. But the reality is if they don't reflect the, the averages, the real averages of the deposit, then when you go into production scenario, you, you're in a lot of trouble because you, 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 you just can't reconcile what you think's there. Um, and it, it can be a very dangerous precedent to, to, to have to face. Good. Got it. Now, um, just as a reminder, so you, so really this becomes a statistical exercise. Once you've understood the geometries, once you've understood the geology and you've really got a handle on it, which with the pedigree of your exploration team um, and the amount of work you've done, presumably you're pretty... Um, uh, tight on that although of course there are always surprises that geology can throw up um so now it's a kind of a numbers game is it uh so really luckily for us it's, it's been a numbers game right from the beginning um we, we we target a lot of our original veins on historic drift assays and uh, we're fortunate to have um, a lot of historic information at Braylon. so uh, all of the level plans um, with mapping, structurally, uh, structural mapping, lithological mapping, 45,000 drift assays in a database. So um, really our drilling was very well constrained before we'd even drilled a hole. Um, so as opposed to drilling and hoping we hit vein targets, we, we knew where most of these targets originally were. So that's why we were able to, to, to put out a resource range. And, and you'll see many companies that don't know what they have either don't put out a range um, there's very famous cases of that one one that's recently bought out without any sort of range as to what they thought was there uh, but but we were able to be very confident in the range um, that, that we thought because we actually were able to model expiration targets or vein targets using this historic work and then target the drilling and drill them out so um, much of our growth now, we, we know exactly how much we need to drill, where we need to drill, the orientation of the veins and the expected grade. So it's been great for us because it's been a very low risk project. And, and certainly that risk is still low as we go forward. And it's because of a lot of that historic information that a lot's known about these types of deposits, a lot's known about the continuity at Braylawn. Um, it's, it's, it's sort of the opposite to a Rubicon. The, these veins are, are, are continuous for up to two, two and a half kilometres along strike. And again, that's one of the reasons why Braylon was mined for so long, because it was an easy mine to produce. Once you were on the vein, you just kept going. Thank you. That's a, uh, uh, that gives me such a better understanding of the deposit and, and your approach to it. So th that kind of takes us up to here. So what's what's next? I mean, you've you've mentioned your treasury. You've mentioned some of your drill plans. But what's what do you see as your aim for twenty twenty three? So we're 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 in the planning phase now, um, looking at um, what 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 drilling's the best to move forward with. We, we had in our press release a large number of, of, of what we call expiration targets or, or potential areas. Um, now, th these don't um, re restrict what we think's there. We, we still think that there's, there's well beyond 5 million ounces here following this along. These expiration targets are, are what we actually put drill holes into. Um, they unfortunately just didn't have the spacing for us to, to categorize them in uh, inferred or indicated. 
um, but they certainly were well constrained. Um, we, we, with CIM rules, you need to put out a range. Uh, so we put out, I think, 400 to 700,000 ounces. So uh, firstly, what we look to do is, is convert some of this into inferred. Uh, and it's simply a, a small amount of drilling because I've already got drill holes in them, already got robust results, and we've already modeled the, the wireframes for them. Um, so uh, that, that's a pretty easy conversion to, to take us to beyond 2 million ounces. Um, we're also planning some increased conversion of uh, inferred to indicated. Um, what we'd like to do is be able to build uh, an indicated bank to be able to show production for, for three to four years at, uh, at, at Braylawn. Most of this would be focused around where our existing indicated is. Um, we're probably planning underground drilling there from uh, the, the modern workings uh, that are underground and really build that strong base to show um, th this is a mineable project. Um, these mineable areas are close to the surface easy to uh, easy to access limited development limited cost so that that's that's what we're trying to show from now thank you and when you say three to four production years near existing kind of indicated resources uh, what do you have in mind as a kind of a production range is this kind of an eighty thousand ounce per annum mine or fifty thousand or a hundred thousand ounce per annum mine just kind of i know you haven't done the optimization work but just as a as a thumb suck what does it feel like so it all depends on working faces, so uh, probably a little bit early for us to, to judge that now. Uh, we are doing some preliminary mine planning uh, to see, okay, what is the sort of production levels that we can get? Uh, and I think that really the project did start off in the, in, in the, in the 50 to 60,000 uh, ounce per year production range and then increase over time. I think, I think a good target to have is to hit that 100,000 ounce uh, per year production. Uh, and 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 some of that might depend on um, what we can uh, develop in our understanding of uh, the more lower grade areas that sit around the vein. So the vein halo areas to be able to increase potentially our um, our stoke width up to you know four or potentially five meters. So just to get a lot more volume. And I think that's the catalyst to push beyond a hundred thousand ounce uh, production. But I think certainly in the in the early couple of years, um, you, you look to stage in uh, and probably transition low scale, 350, 400 tonnes a day, move to 500, move to 750, and then target to get to 1,000 tonnes a day. So you can hit that uh, 100,000 ounce limit. Terry, thank you so much. Um, good luck with uh, the conference in Vancouver. I hope it doesn't rain too Thanks much. Thanks very much. Um, it's actually lovely weather and, here today. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, good luck with the, with the with the drilling during the course of uh, 2023. Uh, Merlin, thanks very much. Always a pleasure.